Welcome to the Renee Massey Show. This podcast is a look into the life of extraordinary people who have achieved life-changing accomplishments. These stories highlight the human spirit in all its glory. Your host, Renee Massey, will take you into the world of everyday people as no one has ever done before. Renee uses her platform to shed light on hardworking people with integrity and vision. These people are the true icons of humanity. Listen in as Renee seeks to shed light on these stories about real people and real stories. Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you for listening to the Renee Massey Show. Today we are um, privileged to have Mrs. Uh, Mary Natalie Duran. Thank you so much for taking time over to your super busy schedule, especially with everything that we have going on right now in the world um, and coming to sit with me and be on my show today. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm really excited. I'm glad to share your story. Um, um, I know a lot about you, but let's let our listeners know a little bit about you and um, who you are and where you're from. Okay. Uh, well, I think I'm a pretty simple person. I, 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 uh, I'm from Austin, one of the few original Austinites. Yeah, because everybody's from everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, it's really grown out here, that's for sure. It's a, it's a different Austin, but still nice. It's a very beautiful city, so. Yeah. We can't complain too much. Yeah, yeah. And so were you born and raised in, in Austin, Southside? South so I was born and raised uh, um, in Past Oak Hill near Dripping Springs. Okay. Uh, my my uh, parents uh, were from, from Eastside. And my dad didn't want to raise us there, uh, so he took us way out in the country is where he took us, and, and I'm so thankful that he did that. Um, it, was a, it, was a, uh, it was kind of fun. We, we did all the normal things that kids do. Uh, we rode mini bikes. Uh, uh, we went swimming in the ponds. Uh, um, they had a big peach orchard in their back uh, uh, in the backyard, but we, I think it was about three acres that my parents had, so um, our biggest fun was going and raiding somebody's peach trees. <laughs> That's what we did. Uh, uh, so it was, it was good. I had a, a good, uh, I had great parents. They're still alive, uh, uh, so I'm really glad that they're still with me. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, they are great parents. Yeah. I've had the pleasure of being able to meet them. They are good, good people. Yeah. They were good role models. Um, I think yeah. uh, we have a, a brochure, and on the back of my brochure, I have a picture of them thanking them for being my parents because uh, they taught me, I think, all the important things, uh, respect. Um, you know, they just instill very good morals, and I think uh, the foundation that I had um, was something that was needed and and uh, certainly molded me to the person that I am. They laid a good foundation for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And you're one of how many siblings? There's eight of us. Eight. Mm-hmm. All right. So they had their hands full. They, they did. They, they did. They had uh, six boys and two girls. One of my uh, brothers, uh, uh, at the age of 17, however, uh, was killed by a drunk driver. 
Um, so everybody always please, please remember not to drink and drive. Absolutely. Uh, he stopped to help a pedestrian and the pedestrian was drunk and uh, ram-sided him. So how horrible. That's, how, that's what happened to him and that was over 30 years ago. What a tragedy for your family and yeah. your parents. Yep, it's still, uh, some days it's still like yesterday um, for my Just parents. Just doing a good deed. Yeah, uh, he was doing a good deed. He was actually helping, uh, there was a kid who lived in our neighborhood and he, uh, he, ha he, had, uh, uh, he had some disabilities and he saw him on the side of the road and uh, that's who he was helping, a person with a disability. So. Just to haul the way around a helpful family, you guys are just that way with everybody and everything, just helping others. I hope so. I think, yeah, from what I see, but we're gonna share your story and we'll let everyone else see it as well. Okay. Because I think we need more people like, you know, like your brother and yourself out there mm -hmm. that are just selfless and take care of others with mm -hmm. and expecting nothing in return. Right. Yeah. Well, for me also, uh, for me, my faith is really strong and I always uh, put God first. So that's just, for me, that's what's important also. and, and Helps me get through uh, through each and every day. Absolutely, that's so, awesome. Yeah. And so then you left that area and um, you grew up and you decided to um, um, you got married and had children and. So what? it wasn't it wasn't so simple. <laughs> uh, so what happened as you know before you even got to that point? So I. Uh, um, I mean, I... I uh, what was childhood like for... Childhood was good. You know, my parents, uh, uh, for having eight children, and in that era, they... Uh, I don't think that we uh, ever did without. Uh, my best friends growing up had uh, horses, and uh, they, they got me a horse one Christmas. So uh, that was big when I sit back and look at it because they... they so were, you were like that little girl that got the pony. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, every little girl wants a pony, I think, so yeah. at some point... We, uh, uh, my best friends did barrel racing and we would do silly things. It was uh, one time we, uh, we wanted to see how many girls we could get on a horse. And so we put five, five girls on a horse and that horse started bucking and knocking everyone out. So I had a, uh, over where the Y is at in Oak Hill, mm -hmm. we used to actually ride horses all in that area growing up. You can't do it now, but uh, there was a store that we used to go to. We're seen at Brook is at, mm -hmm. uh, even in Driftwood. Uh, and Nutty Brown, those were the areas that we used to ride horses. So uh, they, they tried to do everything they could for us. Uh, for having eight children, I think, uh, I think they did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, hats off to them because I, you know, I get sometimes overwhelmed and I only have yeah. two. Yeah. And only one still at home and it's overwhelming. Yeah. So, and then, and that's because we have... Um, so much help and technology and things, and they didn't have none of no, that. They didn't. So. No, they didn't. Well, my my dad really instilled uh, uh, a lot of things. He was he was very strict. He was very very strict with us, but he did instill uh, again, you know, those morals that that I think we're lacking sometimes this day and age. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I think we need to focus a little bit more on on uh, uh, teaching kids some of those some of those things that we were taught. Growing up, I think it's missing a little. Yeah. You've gone through a lot to get to this point. I have. I have. Uh, so my story isn't really easy. Um, I, I was actually, I'm actually uh, a success story because uh, at a very early age, I, I was molested uh, 
not by one person, but by several people from the age of uh, five to 14. And then I, I actually dropped out of school in the ninth grade and uh, ran away from home. It's a lot of trauma. I'm sorry you had to go through that. You know, I, uh, it doesn't, uh, I, I'm, I don't know, uh, I'm not glad that it happened, but it taught me a lot of things and probably made me the person that I am. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. And I would like for all women out there, especially anyone listening, um, to know that uh, if you want something bad enough, the sky's the limit. Don't let anything that happens to you in your childhood or teenage years or even as an adult stop you from uh, doing what you want to do. The sky's the limit. Nothing, Keep, nothing is impossible. Don't let that sick person that was trying to mess with you, you know, take over your entire right. life. Which, I mean, it's hard, um, and, and it's harder for some others, but you were able to, you know, move forward, yeah. you know, somewhat and, um, and accomplish so many things yeah. because it takes a toll on you it does. physically and emotionally. Um, tell us how, what's been something that's helped you move forward, be stronger, keep, keep going for yourself, your kids, um, mm -hmm. your grandkids. Um, so of course, like I said, first it's God. And then of course my, my kids, my family, uh, my kids, my grandkids. I mean, uh, my reason for existence is my children. They are everything to me, but, um, you know, going back to what happened to me, um, I, uh, I didn't have a voice, and I think it's real important. Uh, we're, starting a, we're starting a nonprofit foundation. We're in the very baby steps, and, and I hope one day that we, we get it up and running. Uh, and it's to... Tell me who we is. So it's Celebellas. So Celebella. The okay. name of our company, we have two companies, Celebella Senior Services and Celebella Hospice. And this is going to be uh, Celebella's Helping Hands Foundation. Okay. And so with this foundation, we have... Uh, hands, all different colored hands, uh, up and, uh, saying stop. We want people, we want to stop. Yes. Yeah. We want to educate children on, uh, how to, uh, say no to their perpetrator, how to say stop, how to, uh, not be afraid to tell someone. And if that person tell. doesn't listen, uh, tell the next person until someone does listen to you because someone will listen to you. There is help out there. And don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Please teach your children. Because a predator usually puts it on the kid and says, don't right. tell because they're going to blame you. Right. And you don't know any better. You're a kid. So yeah. you think, oh my That's God, right. I can't say anything. I'm going to be the one that's getting in trouble. Not him or her. Right. I'll even say because there's women that are, you know, predators as well. Yes. So I'll tell you a, a little story about that. Uh, so this happened to me many, many years ago. I mean, I'm, I'm much older uh, now. But when I was in my uh, mid-twenties, we had some really good friends. They were a little older. And uh, they had a teenage son. And uh, I was married and had my children. And you would think that I would have discovered my voice. And this is why it's so important for me to tell people about uh, teaching children how to use their voice. So uh, I was sitting next to this teenage young man. And he put his hand behind my backside and started touching me. And you would think that a woman who's married with children would turn around and say, stop, or what are you doing, or something. I, was so, I got up and was so nervous and didn't know what to do. So it impacts you your entire life. I still, 
to this day, uh, it's never okay it's to be never, touched. Yeah. And when you, if you feel uncomfortable, right? But, no, it's not okay. Right. So, so that's why it's so important for uh, us to teach our children about using their voice and not being afraid to use their voice. And that's what we when we when we do this foundation. One of the most important things that we want to teach is uh, children to use their voice and their hands and say stop loud. Stop. Absolutely. Don't. Just yeah. stop. Uh, I think uh, uh, had somebody taught me that, uh, it would it would have stopped at a very young age for me and not all those years that I had to endure it. Well, I think it's remarkable that you're putting this foundation together and that you're going to help so many children I hope so. or women. I mean, even as an like you said, it happened where you felt uncomfortable already as an adult. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be five. It can happen That's when right. you're in your 20s. Or older, mm-hmm. um, and if you if somebody's touching you in a way you don't feel comfortable with it, walk, you know, get away. And in the in the movement of Me Too and all of that that's going that's gone on, um, more women are coming out and mm-hmm. speaking up for themselves and standing up and not being as scared. Oh my God, I'm gonna lose my job, or um, I who will hire me because the employer says. If you say something, I will ruin you and I'll make sure that you don't ever work in this industry right. or whatever. And then if you don't know any better and people think, well, you should just know better. No, not everybody knows better. That's right. And um, But that's why foundations like the one you are creating are going to be so important, a key factor in letting people know it's okay. Mm-hmm. Say something. You will find another job. And maybe that industry is not right for you anyway. So. Right. Well, I didn't discover my voice until um, after uh, I went to counseling, and I was probably in my 40s is when I really discovered how to use my voice. Okay. Even though... Uh, what led you to go to counseling? Um, so... When just, did you know that like that was that you needed I, I that? I think I always knew I needed it, but uh, just never made the time. But uh, I think that we all kind of have a path, and... For me, it was just about timing because uh, even, so I, I, I started out, uh, I went to nursing school. I went to, uh, I was a CNA. I did nursing for about two years and then after that I've been mostly in management most of my career. And then uh, 10 years ago I started Cellabella Senior Services and Cellabella Hospice. So, What led you to go into nursing school? Uh, I think I always oh. wanted to help people. Okay. That's what I think. I think I see that, that in you. Yeah, I've always wanted to help people, uh, and uh, I think I'll do that the rest of my life. Good. That's the most important thing to me. So um, when I was doing all of this, even when I was at St. David's, I was the practice manager for Texas Cardiovascular for uh, about twelve years there. I uh, I would I, every month or when we would have our meetings, I would have to speak in front of the doctors and uh, the staff. And I would almost hyperventilate. I hated speaking. So I think I, I uh, didn't even realize at that time, it really was all connected to what happened to me. So um, I, uh, I would I would just literally be in tears that I hated speaking in front of people. So when I decided to leave, uh, leave that and do something different, I did marketing for about a year. But again, it was my path uh, because I needed to learn how to speak in front of people um, to do what I do now and what I'm still, you know, planning to do in the future uh, with the three entities that I'll have, which is the senior service, the hospice, and then the foundation. I needed to learn how to speak. So mar- I did marketing for a, a, a year and a half, 
And so I would have to cold call and talk to people. And so uh, at that time, I felt like I needed counseling to help me with being able to talk. And so that's when I did counseling. Uh, did, did you feel comfortable talking on the phone initially? Uh, on the phone, yes. But no, I, I saw the counselor, I saw her in person. And, um, excuse me. I would just talk. I would just talk and talk and talk. And uh, it became easy after that. So that's uh, that's whenever I uh, it, it wasn't I don't know what you know particular reason or anything I just timing it was just time for me to do that. So then and I could so do you started to mm -hmm. to start your own company. Uh huh. And tell us the name of your company. So it's uh, Salabella Senior Service. Uh, that particular entity we. Uh, and where did the name people. come from? So the name came from, uh, I didn't even know that I was really going to take it to the level. We've been in business for 10 years. I was Congratulations. Just, thank you. Uh, I was just kind of toying with it, um, and I didn't know what I was going to name this. People have tried to get me to change it, but my daughter's name is Marcella, and her best friend growing up would call her Celebella. Okay. So that's where the name came from. And so we have the, the uh, two and a half entities. We have the senior service, which is... Uh, we help people who have uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, if they break their hip, if they want to stay at home and age in place. Um, we help with cooking, cleaning, errands, uh, companionship, uh, med reminders, just making sure a person is safe. Um, throughout all of Austin? Throughout all of Austin and the surrounding counties. Uh, and then we have the hospice entity, which it helps towards end of life. And they really pair well together. Uh, we have an amazing team of nurses. Um, all hospices <clears throat> have to offer the same thing. They, they do. But I hope the thing that sets us apart is the staff and the compassion and the caring that we do. We've had people who, uh, young people who have had cancer and uh, not have, they don't have insurance or they have insurance, but the out-of-pocket amount is too high. So we've done a lot of charity work and... Uh, I, I will hope that we always can do that. I mean, if, if our motto is people helping people, yeah. and I stand behind that. So we've had people that don't have food, that don't have fans. I've had a person who, uh, uh, he, this person, we took care of him for two and a half years with a live-in uh, caregiver. And he, I, I always learn from my customers. or The live-in caregiver was through your organization? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this caregiver... Uh, Called, well, the, the client first, he was 87 years old and he had diabetes and it would spiral out of control. And so they wanted us to do meal, meal management to make sure that he was staying away from carbs and not eating sweets so that he would continue going to the hospital. I need that meal management. <laughs> <laughs> well, this man taught me a lot. He was 87. And uh, so I was talking to him and, and he told me, he said, Mary, if you take away my meat and potatoes... You've taken away everything from me. Mm -hmm. And that really that really sunk in because he was right. Uh, he wanted to eat. He was a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Yeah, and so he didn't, he didn't really care about the diabetes. And he was 87 years old. So I kind of, I listened to uh, every single client and uh, tried to learn whatever I can from all of them. So the day... Uh, so it's not a cookie cutter thing for every client. It's not. You have to listen and exactly. customize it. Exactly. For everybody. You do. Different. You do. 
that man um but you have to think to the old school like my dad is that kind of guy mm-hmm. like salads and vegetables mm-hmm. he's a meat and potatoes yeah. kind of guy he grew up in with rice and tortillas yeah, and exactly. things like that and i mean he is a diabetic and maybe that's one of the reasons but you have to kind of slowly wean exactly. them out and give them still a little bit of tortilla and give them a little bit. You do. You um, do. Yeah, here you, you can have a Dr. Pepper, you know, maybe once a week, not yeah. every day. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So. This man, uh, two days before he died, mm-hmm. he, uh, the caregiver called and said, he wants a chicken fried steak, Mary. And I said, well, dress him up and meet me at Luby's. It was at lunchtime. So we, he had a chicken fried steak and potatoes and whatever he wanted at Luby's. And this was two days before he passed away. He, he did that. So there's small things that, that we do. So he died happy. He did. He did. So we And did. y'all had no idea. I mean. No, of course not. He was actually doing really well. But uh, but it just, uh, if we can do those small things that matter, I, I, I hope that we can always continue doing the small things. Yeah. I always tell the caregivers or the nurses, you know, if somebody requests something, please let me know. Because if we can do it for them, let's, let's try to do it for them. Okay. Because this is their last ride home. Mm-hmm. This is it for them. They're, they're, if they're needing help, if they need a caregiver, they're, they're on their way home. So we want to make sure that we're giving them whatever we can to, to make uh, them as comfortable as exactly, possible. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it, it's about them being comfortable and happy at home. Yeah. That is so awesome. I love that you're doing that. What do you feel like that is your takeaway that you've gotten from having this business that you didn't think that you would have learned? Or, yeah. So, uh, well, I've always been compassionate. And uh, I think, you know, this company is certainly, I've always been a hardworking person. I've been working since I was 12 years old. I went to work at Dairy Queen at 12. So I've always been a hardworking woman. But again, I think uh, for me, it's the, uh, the customers, the, the clients and their stories and helping them, I think that is what uh, um, what really drives the drives the force and drives the engine to uh, keep me going and, and helping these people that need that help. They're really they're really the, the driving force. The driving force. Mm-hmm. That that story that you just shared was one obviously that resonates with you and kind of sticks out mm-hmm. for you. Is there others like that that kind oh, of you think so is like so many that yeah. you'd like, oh my God, I'll never forget that situation and something that you learned and picked up from mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. You, again, that you're like, oh my God, I would have never even thought that I would have learned something yeah. from a, well, really a stranger, yeah. you know? You appreciate life better. You, uh, you try not to take things for granted and, uh, um, I'm not a materialistic person, uh, you know, I, I think that you just, uh, you're a little bit more humble, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, you certainly look at life differently because we deal, we deal with death on a daily basis. And people, we're talking about people in their 70s, in their 60s, some in their 50s, uh, even the younger ones that are on hospice in their 30s, you know, who uh, are struggling with some kind of ailment. Because if we're in their home, that means they're struggling. Something's going on. Uh, what is the youngest patient that you've had? I think 38. 38. He was a cancer patient. He was a cancer patient, and uh, he had a wife and kids. And uh, he was on our services maybe six weeks. We get uh, we do get donations from time to time. 
And we had donations, and we made sure that his kids had a Christmas. Mm. And so we helped her uh, get through the holidays with the little money that we have from people people uh, giving to the hospice. Uh, we, we do use that towards the families. And, and this particular uh, person, we, we did use the funds that we had. How awesome is that? So, mm-hmm. That's an amazing story. Yeah. That's good. And you made... It means so much to the kids, especially after yeah. having lost, you know, their mm-hmm. father. Yeah. That's that's a good story. Yeah. And so what what happened? What's next for you guys now? So, uh, I mean, we're constantly trying to grow our business. Uh, we, we're local. Uh, we're not big corporate. I don't ever want to do get... Do you have a website that we you, do. Want, you can share? We do. It's uh, www.celebellas.com. And, yeah. and how do you spell Celebella for... C E L L A B E L L A S. Okay. And so, so if anybody wants to get into contact with you or donate um, um, anything, um, they can just go to your website to get in contact. Yeah, or they can, uh, I can give my phone out. I don't mind. They can call me. I give my phone out to clients and families, and I'm always uh, available to all of them, no okay. matter what. I always make myself available. Yeah, if you want to share your phone number, yeah. It's uh, 512. 512- Four three five seven five four nine, and please call me. Don't hesitate for, for whatever business purposes only. Everybody, <laughs> um, uh, so I just want to put that out there. Please, um, let's keep it um to the business. And she's uh, an amazing woman, but we want to make sure that her business gets all the recognition and um, exposure as possible, right. as much as possible. Well, I don't really feel amazing. I just, like I said, I feel... Uh, Why not? Look at all these few stories <laughs> that you've told. Um, you um, are self, really self-made. Unlike some people that claim that they're self-made, you have started this company. Yeah. You are helping so many people that are in need of health care, yeah. that are dying um, every single day. Nobody helps you. You started this on your own. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're really self-made and you run this business and you have, you know, great staff and people are helping you, mm-hmm. but um, you're the one that laid, you know, the foundation for well, this. I had a good foundation with my parents and then uh, they, they put the drive in me, the work ethics, um, and uh, and so then I you are an inspiration. You have girls um, and sons um, that you can show them, hey, you know, if you work hard and you mm-hmm. do this and you put your mind to it, you can survive, um, you know, that your ch- things like that happened to you in your childhood um, to run your own company, ha- have a beautiful home, have a beautiful family, have children, grandchildren, and be happy and healthy. And it doesn't hurt that you're also beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, the the kids, all my kids, uh, uh, work for me off and on. Uh, uh, my oldest son works in the office with me. We've got a staff, a uh, uh, total staff with bo- both companies, about uh, seventy employees. Awesome. So uh, uh, we're we're not we're not big corporate, but we're uh, we're getting there. You know, we don't. I don't want to get to be a big corporate. I want to be able to really really uh take good care of uh every person that we encounter so i feel like if i'm big corporate i'll kind of lose touch so just take one day at a time 70 still and that's a good number Mm -hmm. again you know Mm -hmm. something to be extremely proud of um and you know you're the the ceo you're the chief Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. the chief um of everything so um 
know that and know that you're doing amazing things and you you already are changing people's lives i hope so, so. um and i know you talked about the foundation do you have an idea when that new foundation will be um headed will be fully running or is we're, it still at the beginning stages? we're actually uh, uh at the state level but so we can get small donations for that um and so we're waiting for the the federal part of it when the federal part of it goes into place then we can we can take it to the next level but we can get small donations and and but we we can't uh i can't set up uh so we have to have someone who is specializes in going to the schools and uh getting permission from the parents to be able to speak to the children and having this person uh talk to the children about uh using their hands and saying no and and uh, we really need to bring awareness to the kids it happens to so many children so many and so we need to get awareness out there parents please please teach your children to say no and to uh, use their hands say no loudly uh, tell someone tell those somebody. are the three key factors say no uh, put your hands to you know protect yourself and say no loudly and tell someone tell somebody please educate your kids yeah it's super important those three things when you create, um, I'll share that on my page. Whenever you create, um, your get your posters and your okay. site up, and we'll definitely love to be a part of that and share Thank that you. on at the Renee Massey show. That'd be awesome. So, um, to something else that's been a big thing that's plagued this entire nation this year, um, and you being in this health industry, how have you yourself and your company and staff handled, um? And this COVID-19, how has it affected you in your business? So it has affected us. Uh, people uh, are scared, uh, especially the elderly who are more vulnerable. Um, we have uh, a lot of clients waiting to come back on service. Um, the caregivers, everyone's scared. Did you have to put somebody on pause? We, we did. We did have to put uh, some people on pause. But actually, they're, the elderly living in their homes are probably one of the safest ones. But they're afraid because our caregivers may take care of multiple clients. Mm. And so um, we're, we're making sure we're doing temperature checks on a daily basis. We're making sure that if anybody comes to the office, we're asking the questions where they've been, check their temperature, make them sanitize. Uh, we're not letting very many people into the office. Uh, we're continuously uh, educating our caregivers and making sure that they we have plastic masks. Okay. Uh, we have... Um, the, the gloves and protect the protective gear. So we're constantly making sure that they are using those things. Uh, uh, sometimes they do become complacent and they may not be wearing their mask, but they need to. Um, and so uh, just continue educating uh, is what we really need to be doing, making sure that everyone is thoroughly washing their hands. Uh, we do need to do that, but it has impacted the healthcare field, that's for sure. Uh, we've had, uh, we're telling our caregivers and, and our nurses if they go to someone's house and they're showing any symptoms, to step out of the house, call us immediately. We've had to have some uh, patients and employees tested, and let me knock on wood, we haven't had any issues with COVID at all. Okay, that. so no, 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 nobody positive. No, on either side. No, but we've had a, we we work in the community with nursing homes and rehabs who do have full units. And that's scary. Um, it's very scary. So. The, with Do the you feel as scared now as it's gone on a little bit than initially or when it initially hit? Were you scared for yourself and your staff? Um, 
I'm always worried about my staff, uh, uh, not necessarily myself. That's not scared, worried, yes. But yes, worried. I'm, I'm, I, I am worried. Uh, we, so in hospice care, we do something called respite care. When a family is uh, in need of some downtime and they're tired and they need a break, we can put them in a facility for five days. We've had to encourage our families to not go to respite care because a lot of the uh, uh, healthcare facilities have a whole wing of COVID patients mm -hmm. or they have some COVID patients. So we, we, we don't want our staff to be exposed. So you, you just have to do things a little differently. We're doing a lot of telehealth visits to uh, patients that are in nursing homes. So we're not trying to expose our, our nurses or our staff. But the caregivers are the ones who are most at risk because they do see multiple patients. They're out in the community more. But uh, the majority of our patients are in homes, in uh, not in facilities. So we've been very lucky. And your staff works seven days a week? So we work 24 hours a day, seven 24. days a week. Okay. So a, a patient's, it's based on patient's needs. Okay. Uh, one patient may need somebody from 8 to 5, 8 to 12. But you may have a patient who doesn't go to bed until 11 or 12. And so sometimes we have caregivers going at midnight till 8 in the morning. It's whatever the family needs, uh, whatever hour, whether it be 1 in the morning, 1 in the afternoon, 8 a.m. So whatever the need of the family is, is, is when we send caregivers. And then uh, okay. they take care of the client, uh, make sure they don't fall or whatever whatever the care plan is. And that's, that's discussed when we first meet the family. Uh, and the client, we come up with a care plan and uh, hours that kind of work. What we do, sometimes uh, a person uh, will come in and say, well, I, my mom needs help from 8 to 5. And I'm always trying to think about uh, the budget of the family. So we try to ask them uh, what uh, questions as to uh, what time do they get up, what time do they go to bed. Because if they're wanting us to come in at 8, but they don't get up at 9, that's going to save them an hour of time utilize it for a long-term relationship and and so that's what we try to do we try to the majority of our clients stay with us until the very end so we've been really uh really lucky we have a lot of word of mouth clients so if you're getting a lot of word of mouth clients that means you're doing something right yeah well good that's great i think i think you're doing a lot of great things for our community and um our people that are definitely in need of uh your medical services and love and attention and sometimes you, just that program where you have where you can sit with them that mm -hmm. alone is you know um means a lot to somebody it really that's, does that's it, alone. it really does we have families who uh have uh their their children live in another state and so we we really you know have to do we have to take care of all of our patients 100 percent. but sometimes the patients that are alone and have no family need that additional uh, additional help yeah well, that's good. I'm glad that you're, you guys are doing that. Um, and it makes a big difference, doesn't it? I, I hope so. I think so. I think you're doing a great job. So, um, I, with everything that's going on and everything you do, um, how do you, what do you do? What is your ritual to keep yourself uplifted and motivated? Do you have like a favorite uh, verse or Bible verse or a quote what do you what what do you draw your positivity to keep keep going through everything moving think, forward I think for me it's always been my faith first and God first for me that always is uplifting for me um, I try to read a little bit every day a little quote or something I don't have a favorite quote um, 
But I think uh, for me, it's it's that, and then my kids and my grandkids really. They keep it going. Mm-hmm. They do. Well, that's awesome, really and I know that they are super proud of you, and I can see the joy that you have every time you you bring them up and your eyes light up. Yeah, they are so, the center of my world. Good. Well, I think that you're doing a lot of great things in our community, um, and I think you're going to be doing way more. I love this new foundation that you have that um, help give a voice to everyone, everyone. that's been touched mm-hmm in a way that they shouldn't be. Um, please share that with us when you get that going. I will. Um, and thank you so much for being and sitting with me today. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I am so happy to see you. I'm so happy to be doing well. And I can't wait for everyone to listen to this podcast. And I hope that you take away something great um, from, from listening to um, Mary talk today because she has shared a great story and was very vulnerable and shared a lot of great things. So I feel like, you know, she can do all of these things. Um, so can you. So um, you can follow me on um, iHeartRadio. You can follow me on Anchor, um, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So again, um, thank you for listening to the Renee Massey Show. Until next time. Thank you.